Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. As Job did, I might not be able to see what is going on around me right now. I might not even understand why I'm enduring the situation. It doesn't make sense to you, I know, and it might not make sense to anybody else, but yet you're still having to walk through it. And you don't know why you're having to walk through this nighttime right now. But I beg you, just please continue to serve him. Make that midnight decision. If your steps have matched the Lord's and you have followed his ways and kept his commandments, I'm telling you, you will make it through the midnight that you're walking through. If you have not departed from his commandments and you treasure his words, you will make it through the night. Brother, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we clap our hands to the Lord one more time? Hallelujah. I worship you, Jesus. Lord, I praise your name. Thank you, God, for the promise of tomorrow. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated for a moment. Hallelujah. It is good to be in Sparta today. Amen. I know you all are here every Sunday, but it's good for me to be here. Not any stranger to this church but every time I'm here I see familiar faces I see new faces which is the best part that's the sign of a healthy and growing church amen amen we are excited for you I mean we're we're family with the rices right so we we get to hear about all the great things going on in this church and I always look forward to family get-togethers to hear brother rice and brother Jones talk about all the great things and we are very excited about that thing right there amen We rejoice with you on this building program. We are excited to come here and be at that dedication service, right? Amen. We are excited for it. I honor your pastor today, Brother Rice, and now presbyter of this great section, Section 2. I'm a transplant into Section 4. I'm originally from Section 2, for those of you that aren't familiar with me. So I am from down south, from Royalton Church, Brother Mass, my home church pastor, but now in Highland under Pastor Crossan. And I honor my pastor today as well for allowing me to be here. Thank Brother Rice for his trust. It's one thing to come and preach behind somebody's pulpit, but it's another when they're not here. And I appreciate his trust and his confidence in in me and the other ministers he has come while they're getting some much-needed rest and some vacation. Everybody needs it. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad to have my wife with me today. And my daughters are not are not here because they're a little rambunctious sometimes on Sundays when they when they don't have their Sunday school class. So they're at our church having class today. But I do have baby number three with us, but just inside the womb. We're expecting our third child in December, and so I'm glad to have one of my children with me today. Amen. Praise God. Excited about that. Amen. If you would stand, we'll go to the Word today. Will not try and hold you too long today. I'm not a Jeff Arnold type long-winded preacher, thank you. But I will give you what the Lord has given me. If you turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalms, the 30th chapter, if you're ever feeling down, just turn to one of the 30s in Psalms. It'll lift you up. Amen. Always good stuff in there. Psalm 30 and verse 5. I'll be reading from the New King James this morning. And I'm sorry to start with a little bit of a negativity. For his anger is but for a moment, but here we go. But his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night. Oh, but joy 
it comes in the morning. And I've come to preach to somebody today just to tell you, I know it looks like midnight right now. I know it looks dark outside. I know it looks like there might not be any hope, but I'm telling you, morning is coming. Do you believe that? Morning is coming. Just as sure as the sun went down, it will come up again on a brand new day and everything will be different. Amen. If you'd put your Bibles down, we're going to pray over our message today and over the remainder of the service. Lift your hands to the Lord. Lord, I worship your name. Lord, I thank you for bringing this group of precious people together. Lord, I pray that you prepare our hearts right now for your word, God. Anything that's contrary to you, anything secular, God, I bind it right now and put it under obedience of the name of Jesus. Lord, let our minds be unified so that you can work on our hearts today. Open our minds, open our ears, open our hearts to the light of your word, Jesus. Let it guide us, Lord. Let it encourage us to go through with you. And we give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands as you're seated. Praise God. You may be seated. I'm going to preach to you for a few moments today about midnight decisions. Midnight decisions. And just the word midnight, there's, there's something about that word, something about the actual time of day that is, midnight, that sets our mind on a different course. You know, the old adage goes, and I'm sure you can all finish this, is that nothing good happens after midnight, right? That's proven true time and time again. There's just something about knowing that it is, in fact, the middle of the night that gives it a different feel. I can speak from experience. There's just something different about it. Daylight is still some time away, some five or six hours, depending on the time of year. And that eastern horizon, when you look out at it at midnight, it is still very, very dark. No sign of hope of daylight anywhere near. There is nothing but silence all around because all of creation is waiting for that first beam in the eastern sky that says a new day has dawned. It is time to wake up and start a new day and come out from their place of shelter from that mystic almost midnight. And those of us who have had the distinct honor, I say that loosely, of working the midnight shift know that everything about midnights is different. Firstly, there aren't as many people around, especially supervisors. Amen. Amen. <laughs> to bother you. And your whole schedule is completely different than everyone else's. When everybody else is starting their day, I would be getting off and driving home as fast as I could to go to bed and come back and do my job, but thankfully I don't have to work midnights anymore. I work evenings, and so I'm a little more normal than I was, but it's different than everyone else. It even seems that certain things only happen on midnights. You know, th there's some things I run into in my job. I work in law enforcement, and there, there's some things that happen that I just shake my head at and say, this would not be happening if it was right now, if it was 11.45 in the morning, this would not be happening right now. Somebody would not just stop in the middle of the road and get out of their car and walk away from it because they ran out of gas. No, they would pull it, at least try to get it to the shoulder. But no, we're just going to stop it right in the middle of I-64 at the interchange right before the bridges and we'll just leave the car for there for two weeks and hopefully it's there when we come back. Only on 
midnight can this stuff happen. Your life is literally one that happens in the night. Your existence is found in the night. You come to work in the dark and long for the light of day in order to go home. And you know, that's midnight that we deal with. That's something that some of us are familiar with or we know of somebody that has worked midnights or, you know, if, you're, if you've been involved with youth or anything, you know, the, the old-time lock-ins. I shouldn't say old-time because I, I went to lock-ins when I was in the youth group. But, you know, when you stayed up all night and, you know, there was just something different about that as a teenager, like, man, I stayed up all night. Or you go to relay and now it's like, can I just go to bed? It's just... There's something different about midnight. And then there is the midnight that we find in our lives, midnight in our spiritual lives, to be specific today. And at the, the same as when it's dark outside, when you're walking through midnight in your spiritual life, you can't see what's going on around you. You're feeling around hoping to grasp onto something that, from God that is going to guide you and see you through this dark period in your life. You're afraid because it is in fact dark in your life and you can't even see your hand in front of your face if you will. It's been dark for so long that you are losing hope that that light of day is ever going to shine down on you again. That midnight situation that you're dealing with, hear me, in the dark. I know it's scary. I know it's dark. You're dealing with it. It just doesn't seem like it's going to work out. You're at your wit's end. It took all you could do just to get here today. You can't seem to quite make sense of this nocturnal lifestyle that you find yourself in, that you've been living in, and it seems to be almost normal now. This abnormal time in your life is seeming normal to you but because it's been so long. But I tell you again emphatically that morning is in fact coming. Amen? Amen. I want to tell you what the old songbook song says. Some glad morning we shall see Jesus in the air. Amen. He's coming after you and he's coming after me. Joy. I said joy is ours to share. Oh, what singing. Oh, what shouting on that happy morning when we all shall rise. Hallelujah. Oh, what glory when we meet our blessed Savior in the sky. I long for that day. Amen. Revelation 22 and 5 says, There shall be no night there, praise God. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Midnight might be here for now, but daylight is coming. John also says in chapter 21 and verse 4, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. He's talking about you and me. There shall be no more death, praise God, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for all the former things. Your midnight has passed away. Your sickness, your pain, it is all passed away on that blessed morning someday soon. Clap your hands. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I am looking forward to it. Brother Graham, I was reminded when you told that story about your family member's funeral, the ones I've been to, I've had the dishonor or whatever you want to call it of, you know, all my, all my grandparents have already gone on. I lost them in the span of about a year and a half back some 10 years ago. And, you know, it, it was rough on a teenage boy seeing all of his, all of his grandparents go, but those, those homegoing services... There's just something about knowing that I will see those precious people again, that I can stand there with my hands lifted and rejoice and praise God, thanking him for my heritage. Amen. Some glad morning we will all be there. So I tell you, just hold on, brother. Hold on, sister. Hold on 
saint of God, because the morning is, in fact, coming. But until then, until the morning comes, we're going to find ourselves walking through night, because when the sun goes down, it's dark, and there's going to be some time pass until it rises again. So you will have to walk through some midnight in your life, in our mortal lives and in our spiritual lives. We will have to walk through some night. And there are some midnight decisions I want to talk to you about in our spiritual lives that we must make. You hear me? We must make them. Eternity depends on these decisions that you make if we are going to make it through the midnight. Three things. I'm not going to give you a long, a long list. This is by no means a restricted list, but just three that I want to preach to you about for the next few moments. Number one, we must decide to serve him with all of our heart. Number two, we must decide to trust his word. And finally, we must decide to sing in the middle of the night. And so our first point here, we must decide to serve him. Everything hinges on this one decision. If you don't make the right decision on this one, the other two aren't going to matter to you. If you don't decide to serve the Lord with all your heart, his word's not going to matter to you. It's not going to be able to speak to you. And if you don't decide to serve the Lord, how are you going to sing his praises in the middle of the night? So everything hinges on this one thing. The nighttime, it often challenges our faithfulness to God. It always seems like Satan does his best work when we are walking through the night because we're vulnerable. We can't really see what's going on around us. Sometimes it seems like all we can feel is the pressure breathing down our neck, if you will, from the enemy. And all we can hear is the voice of Satan, that old liar, the serpent, imploring us to just give up on God. Why are you doing this? You know, the voice in your head might say, why are you putting yourself through this? You know, you wouldn't have to endure all of this hardship if you just took the easy way out. And you know, it might not just be that voice in your head. It might be others around you that are even saying that same thing to you. But saying of God that's under the sound of my voice today, I, I, I need you to have some spiritual resolve. I need you to have a little backbone, if you will. Okay, in this time, in this day and age we live in, everybody folds under pressure, but the church of the living God needs to have a backbone, and we need to stand up and say, stir up that gift inside of us and square our shoulders and say, I've got my foot on the rock, the solid rock, and my mind is made up. It is made up a long time ago. Nothing is going to change my mind now. Amen? Amen. Like Job's wife, she said, why don't you just curse God and die? This whole thing is hopeless. Don't you see what's going, what you're going through by serving God? All this pestilence that's come toward you, all this calamity that's coming to our lives, why don't you just walk away from it? Death is better than the life that you're living right now. And you know, he, the, the writer of the book of Job, they put it nicely, but I can only imagine that he said, what a foolish thing for you to say. I haven't given up on God now. I'm not going to in the future because he has blessed me richly. He has kept his hand on me even in this calamity. I still do have my life. So blessed be the name of the Lord, right? Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? I will what? Fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Even in your midnight, saint of God, 
the God of this universe, the God that made the day and the night. He is with you even right now. Satan, you might as well just give up on trying these mind games, these these crazy mind tricks, if you will. Save your lives and save your breath. I shall not be moved. Somebody have that resolved today. I will not be moved. I am going to see this through. Why? Because morning is coming, Satan. Let me remind you that morning is coming. Have that same resolve as Job did. I might not be able to see what is going on around me right now. I might not even understand why I'm enduring the situation. It doesn't make sense to you, I know, and it might not make sense to anybody else, but yet you're still having to walk through it, and you don't know why you're having to walk through this nighttime right now, but I beg you, just please continue to serve him. Make that midnight decision. Job chapter 23, verses 8 through 10, this is Job speaking. He says, look, I go forward, but he's not there. I can't find him, and I look behind me but I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. And when he turns to the right hand of his power, I can't even see him move there. But he knows the way that I take. Even though you might not be able to see God working right now in this midnight, he knows the way that you're taking, saint of God. He knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, praise God, I shall come forth as gold. When you're tried by the fire in the night, you shall come forth as pure gold. Right? What does Romans 8 and 28 say? It says, for we know that all things work together for the good of them that believe that are called according to his purpose. Right? It might not make sense. It might be meant for evil. But God is going to make it work together for your good. When he has tested you, it shall come forth as pure gold. Job made that midnight decision that he was going to serve God no matter what came his way. And I know many times we find ourselves feeling the same way as Job. We might not have it to the extent physically as Job did, but we can feel like Job spiritually. We move forward in faith as we should, but we can't feel anything. Am I the only one that's had that happen? God, I know you're leading me down this path, and I'm going to follow you in faith. And you know what? The goosebumps seem to fade. Oh, man, where am I at now? We're not hearing the voice of God, but we're doing what we know to do. We look back where we came from, and God's definitely not there because he's not the God of the past, so don't even bother looking there. We look around us to our left and to our right, and we still can't find him. But we just keep going forward because he knows the way that we're taking, and the steps of the good men and the good women of God are ordered by him. And when he's finished this work in me, and when he's finished this work in you, brother, when he's finished it, sister, you will become forth as pure gold. So I tell you, just choose to serve him. Clap your hands to the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. The book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And what? He shall direct your path. Not maybe, not some of the times, but he will do it. He will direct your path. It is difficult, you know, to see at night without a light. That's why we have headlights on our cars. They might be working, they might not be, but that is why they are equipped with those two little lights on the front of them. 
And that's also why most smartphones are equipped with that flashlight function, and thank God for it. Amen? I use that more than I use an actual flashlight. A light allows you to see what is in front of you. It allows you to see what is approaching. When we find ourselves at midnight in our spiritual lives, my lights, my my light on my iPhone, my flashlight, no matter how many lumens it is or candle power it is, it's not going to be of any help. My own understanding of the situation isn't going to be of any help. It's so dark that you don't even know where you're walking. How are you going to know which path you're on? How are you going to know which way to go when your own understanding isn't cutting it? You know, when you've exhausted all of your resources and you're still in the same situation that you find yourself, what are you going to do? Where do you turn? Well, the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 105, familiar. It says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The only way you're going to make it through the night is by letting the Word of God be the only light that guides you. Self-help books, they're great. Psychology, great field. We can learn a lot from it. Sociology, we can learn a lot from it. But I'll tell you what, this is the only book that is going to solve that issue in your life. This is the only self-help book. This is the only guide that's going to break that addiction that that family member's got. It's the only thing that's going to bring that unsaved loved one to an altar of repentance. It's the only thing that's going to bring that backslidden loved one back to this altar of repentance. The Word is the light that is going to guide you through that midnight that you're facing in your life. Amen? Can I get somebody to agree with me on that? There's nothing else that's going to cut it. There's nothing else that's going to make it work. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't try to illuminate your surroundings with your own artificial man-made light. But let the words of the one who said that he is the light, right? Let his words illuminate your path. Not only will the light show you the path to take, but it's also, this is the important part of midnight, it's going to illuminate every part of your heart. That's, that's why I, I always want the Word. I don't just want to read it for sake of reading it or just to memorize it or for studying, for preaching the Word, but I want that light to fill up my soul. Expose every corner, every secret place, if you will, because there cannot be anything contrary to God in there. There cannot be anything that's not in line with His will in there as I walk this walk of life. I want everything to be illuminated, every speck of anything. I'm not talking about sin now. Forget, forget about sin for a moment. We're just talking about your own desires, your own dreams. We're talking about something that might hinder you from walking in the perfect will of God. That's what his word will do. It will expose the motives of the heart, and it will put them in obedience like Paul said, taking every thought captive and putting it under obedience to God. That's what reading the Word will do. That's what letting the light of the Word guide you. That's what it will do in your life. It will expose everything that should not be there. It is so important. It shows us what everything truly is. It takes the mask off. The light exposes everything. Amen? It exposes everything. The true intentions of your heart, every sin, every weight that is besetting you, 
but that light also brings comfort. The word will bring you comfort in your time of need. Amen? Amen. Job 23, 11 and 12, it says, My foot has held fast to his steps. I take that to mean my foot is held fast to his word as he steps and I step as I follow him. I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips, his word. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food, more than my own nourishment of this mortal man. I want to nourish this spiritual man because this word is so important to me. If your steps have matched the Lord's and you have kept his ways, you will make it through the midnight. I can tell you that most assuredly. If your steps have matched the Lord's and you have followed his ways and kept his commandments, I'm telling you, you will make it through the midnight that you're walking through. If you have not departed from his commandments and you treasure his words, you will make it through the night. When Job said that he treasured the word of God, you know, it, it literally means that he has hidden it or stored it. And that's the, derived from the same, the same word is used when David says, your word I have hid in my heart, that I might not sin against you. So David was saying, you know, Lord, not only have I hidden it, you know, I've taken it seriously, I treasure it. I treasure your word, Lord, because it's the only thing that's going to guide me. David went through a lot of calamity in his life, you know, through the sin, through the highs and the lows. He had his own son rebel on him, try to throw a coup d'etat and overthrow him from the throne. He went through a lot, and he said, I've treasured your word. Above all the kingly power I have, I've treasured your word so that I can follow what you have for me. We must let his word guide us through the night. Because there are going to be times that we might stumble. I don't, think, I don't think any less of anybody that falters in the night. Because it could happen. We've talked about David here quite a bit, referenced him. But we know about his shortcomings with Bathsheba and with Uriah. We know about that. But yet that's the same man that said, your word I've hid. This is the same man that said, create me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. And I don't think it's by mistake that we also find that the writer says, rejoice not against me, O mine enemies, for when I fall, I shall arise. Yes. It might happen, but you got to get back up again in the middle of the night and let his word continue to guide you. I might be down now, but I will get back up before daylight. Amen. The book of Acts Chapter 16, verses 24 and 25. It says, Having received such a charge, he put them into the innermost prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, and they were singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And those around them, the prisoners, they began listening to them if the music would come. Paul and Silas found themselves in a dilemma, to say the least, in this passage. We, we know this passage of Scripture is very familiar to us. They're in the, the deepest parts of the dungeon. It's the middle of the night. 
Can't see your hand in front of your face. Lord only knows what is crawling across that floor. And I'm not going to mention it because I don't want anybody to get a little queasy on me. We, we can only imagine. They're in prison. Their feet are in stocks. And most of all, it's midnight. To cap it all off, right? I don't know about you, but I would be thinking about how I'm going to try and get out of this situation. Or I'd be thinking about, Lord, if you're ever going to come through, now would be a great time. That's what I would be doing. I would be thinking about how I'm going to try and get out of this situation, how the, the events that had led up to this point, what did I do wrong? How did I mess up to end up in this prison? What did I do to deserve to go through this midnight experience in my life? I would begin to take account of some things in my life. That's what I would do. That's what worrisome me would do. That's what worrisome humanity would do. That we only see what's in front of us in the humanity and the finite things. But you know, the Bible says when Paul and Silas found themselves facing a midnight decision, walking through midnight, the Bible says that they decided to sing. And what else does it say? It says that the other prisoners heard them singing at midnight. And so I, I know it might look hopeless. I know you might feel like you're in spiritual prison right now. But I tell you, you need to be just like Paul and Silas and you need to keep singing. You need to keep singing because those that are in the darkness with you, may I remind you, brother or sister that's in midnight right now, you're not walking alone. We all live life. We all live in the same world and we're all walking through the same life that you are. At different times or maybe at the same time, we might find ourselves walking through midnight together. And you know what, Brother Graham? It's incumbent upon me to sing so you can hear. And it's incumbent upon you to sing so that I can hear. So that when I'm in that weak moment, when I just feel like I can't go on anymore, when I'm wavering on that midnight decision, I hear somebody singing, I will trust you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. I will give you all my praise because you are worthy, Jesus. No matter where I find myself, on the mountain or in the valley, you are so worthy of my praise. As we stand together. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I know it looks hopeless. I know it feels like you're in that prison right now, like Paul and Silas, but just keep singing because we need to hear you. I know you might feel like you're alone in that situation you're walking through right now, precious saint of God, but I can tell you, you're not. You're not the first, you're not the last to be walking through it. So why don't you just praise the Lord while you're walking through your midnight the only other thing you have to do is worry. Why not worship? That's the only other thing you have to do. Just sing a little. He's worthy whether it's daytime or nighttime. Right? Sing so those around you can hear it. And if for anything else, why don't you just sing to let the devil know that you're still here? Devil, I know you've thrown everything at me that you can, but listen to this song of praise from this child of God. Right? 
He threw his best thing at you, and you're still here. You're standing in this, t- in this sanctuary today by the grace of God. He did everything he can to keep you from here, and you're still here. You're still singing. Just keep your praise. I know it might not be easy to muster up that song of praise to God, but just think about that ray of sunlight that's coming when the morning comes. When that sunlight begins to break over the horizon, remember what our scripture said at the beginning of our message. Sorrow, it might last for a night. Those tears you're crying, they're real. They're painful. The situation is desperate. It's the middle of the night. But joy is coming. Joy comes in the morning. The night will cease. As sure as I'm standing here today, that night will cease. The eastern sky in your life, it's going to begin to turn all sorts of beautiful colors that you've never seen before because only the creator of the universe and the one that knows you in your heart can create that ray of sunlight and that brightness of day to break over the horizon. And there's joy in those rays of sunshine. There's joy in the morning. As sure as God created the earth, you can rest assured that morning is coming. So hold on, saint of God. Keep serving him. Make that decision. Keep trusting in his word. I tell you to treasure it as you walk through the midnight and keep singing your song of praise. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.